Okay, so we are holding by the final one, the last of the 13 Ikre Emuna principles of faith that we've really been working on for, it seems like about a half a year or so, starting from the beginning, from the first, and tonight we begin the last of the 13, um, which is the Iker of Tchies HaMesim, the resurrection of the dead, which, as Rambam tells us, and we're going to discuss, is a foundation of our Emuna. Um, last uh, Iker, last foundation that we discussed was the coming of Mashiach. Number 12 was the coming of Mashiach, and Imamin, that we believe that a Yid believes in the coming of Mashiach and awaits his coming. And in our classes, we divided that into two sections. We, um, In one section, we discussed the coming of Mashiach from a, more of a halachic perspective and angle. And then from a more Kabbalistic or Chassidus um, angle. And we're going to do similar with Chiyas HaMesim, which is the last of the 13 Ikrim. I would like to devote two classes to it. Um, tonight we'll discuss more the concept of it and um, what it's about and what it stands for, why it's so foundational. And next week, Emir Hashem, we'll discuss more details and questions, um, and the details of Tchiyas HaMesim, as much as we're able to know nowadays as we await for it. Okay, so again, we'll do a two-section class, and with that, we'll finish this uh, segment of the Yud Gimel Ikrim, and we'll have to think about what to do afterward, which we'll, I guess we have two weeks to think about that, and I'm open to any suggestions um, for what to tackle afterward, Emir Hashem. Okay. Um, so, this 13th principle of faith is a very famous principle, and that is the concept of Tchiyas HaMesim. In fact, the second bracha of our Shmona Esrei is devoted to Tchiyas HaMesim. Right? That Hashem will, with His great mercy, be Mesim, bring Tchiyas HaMesim. And if we finish Baruch HaTah Hashem, HaMesim. That's how the second bracha of our Shmona Esrei finishes. Um, and of course, it's something that's in the future and something that's totally miraculous, something that's hard for us to fathom, and uh, therefore shrouded in a lot of secrecy and doubt and question. But whichever way exactly is going to be, the, the basic fact that those who passed away and all the Yidin who passed away throughout the generations will come back in the form of physical bodies of Tchies HaMesim. And that is not just, you know, something, you know, an interesting medrash or thought. That is a yikr, a yisoid, a foundation of our belief, and talked about a lot in the Nevi'im. Especially the Navi Daniel talks about it. He talks about the time that the bodies will come back and the people will come back. Um, and it's mentioned and alluded to throughout the Nevi'im. We have the famous story of Yecheskel, who actually um, performed a resurrection of the dead. Um, we have the, uh, it's called the, uh, the Nevu'ah of the Valley of Dry Bones, and where he caused, that was one form of Tchiyas HaMesim. And then at the end he gives Nevuah, he says this is something that ultimately will happen for everyone, that Hashem will be, Mechaya, will bring life to those who passed away. Um, and interestingly, in the Yom Tov of Shavuos that we're coming from now, we also had a Tchiyas HaMesim. I think we mentioned this already last week, that by Matan Torah we have the concept, as the Gemara tells us, of Parcha Nishmasan, that the souls of the Jewish people actually left their bodies, and Hashem returned their bodies to them, Bital Sha'osid Lahachayos Bayes Hamesim, with the same Tal, Tal is the word for do, and the some type of a spiritual do with which Hashem is going to do Tchias Hamesim, when Mashiach will come, and He already used that Tal once during Matan Torah to perform, perform 
that for first mass Tchiyas HaMesim of the Jewish people by Matan Torah. Okay, but what's, why is it so foundational? Why is it so important? What's, what's behind the story of Tchiyas HaMesim? And really, the, the main thing I want to learn with you tonight is that there are two basic approaches amongst the great halachic authorities about how to see Tchiyas HaMesim, how to understand Tchiyas HaMesim, and Hasidus and Kabbalah come down very strongly on one side of this question. But both are valid approaches in Torah um, of the greatest of our sages. And I want to discuss both of them with you. But we'll get there with a little bit of an introduction. And that is, I believe I mentioned this way back when we discussed the 13 principles quickly, that Rambam, who undoubtedly is one of the greatest authorities of Torah ever, Nevertheless, in his time, suffered great um, opposition by other from Yidin and by other Rabbanim and even by some great Rabbanim. The Rambam was so great um, that many didn't understand him properly and many challenged him and many opposed him, which happens to be really the story of, the, uh, of Jewish history, that sometimes or many times the greatest tzaddikim were opposed. And we know that from Hasidim, we know that from the Baal Shem Tov, we know that from um, the Alter Rebbe, we know that from the Rebbe, that some of the greatest Sadiqim in history, and because they were the greatest Sadiqim in history, you had many who just didn't understand, didn't understand and questioned and opposed their greatness in Torah and their greatness in Kedusha. And it was only the test of time that totally vindicated them. So someone like the Rambam is a wonderful example where nowadays the Rambam, just the, the name Rambam is holy by every Yid. Um, there's no such thing today as a Torah-observant Yid that doesn't go by the Rambam. And yet, in his time, he was greatly, um, he, was, he, had, he had great opposition. Now, one of the things that they said about the Rambam, and as, as incredulous as that might sound to us, one of the complaints that was going around in the cities and in the countries about the Rambam is that he doesn't really believe in Tchiyas HaMesim. And that's what people were saying. People were saying that if you look in the Rambam Sefer, he hardly mentions Tchiyas HaMesim. And there's truth to that. There's truth to that. When the Rambam discusses the coming of Mashiach, he doesn't in that section of Halacha make direct mention of Tchiyas HaMesim. He talks about Mashiach coming, he talks about him building a base on Mikdash. He talks about bringing the Jews back to Eretz Yisrael. He talks about the people being involved in terror study. But he doesn't mention there Tchiyas HaMesim. Um, even when the Rambam does the 13 principles of faith, the Yud Gimelikri Emuna, he mentions Tchiyas HaMesim as the 13th principle in one line. He says, and we believe, um, one of the foundations is that Hashem will revive the dead, as has been explained. But he doesn't go into it. So people who were looking to discredit the Rambam were saying that you know this union of Tchiyas HaMesim is something that it seems that he doesn't have full belief in. And as Lashon Hara goes, we know it gets traction and one person says one thing and I'm sure they WhatsApped it all over the world and they emailed it and all different types of uh, devices. And the word got out there and you have this raging machloikis going on amongst the Jewish people about this great Ramesh ben Maimon Asfardi from Egypt, is it true that he's lacking in his basic emunah? And this came back to the Rambam 
and was so uh, it became so powerful that the Rambam wrote an entire very lengthy letter that he called Igeres Tchias Hamesim, the letter of Tchias Hamesim. Now the Rambam has a, there's a number of letters that the Rambam wrote that became famous. There's Igeres Taimon, um, the the letter that the Rambam sent to the Jews of Yemen, but there's this letter where he talks about Tchias Hamesim and it's a direct rebuttal to those who questioned the Rambam's belief in Tchias HaMesim. And he writes, he actually writes very bitterly in the letter. He writes, how could people excuse me of something like this? And I wrote it in my Sefer, and how could you think that I should be in denial of a basic foundation of the Torah? And, and you could tell that he was very embittered by the fact that people slandered him in such a terrible way, you know, questioning his emuna in Tchias HaMesim. Um, but why, why is it that in his Sefer he wrote so little about Chiyas HaMesim? Again, of course, the Rambam believed in Chiyas HaMesim and the Rambam said it's one of the 13 principles of faith. There's no question about that. But the reason why this slander was able to gain traction was because people opened up his Sefer and read what he wrote about Mashiach and read what he wrote about Olam Haba and saw that he did write very little about Chiyas HaMesim. Why is it? Why did the Rambam write so little about Tchiyas HaMesim? Again, he mentions it and he says that it's a Yisoyed, it's a foundation in our Amuna, but he doesn't seem to spend that much time explaining and devoted to Tchiyas HaMesim. Why not? And the answer is because the Rambam had a very unique approach to understanding Tchiyas HaMesim. And that is... There, there is a question, which is, what's the ultimate end game? Right? Hashem created a world, and you know He gave us the Torah, and Torah mitzvahs, and a long gallus, and Mashiach is going to come, and there's going to be Tchias Hamesim. What's, what's the end? In other words, what's the final state of affairs that's going to stay, that's going to stick? So there is Tchias Hamesim, which is when everyone will come back and be human bodies as we are today. There's also something called Olam Haba, which could mean when the Neshamas leave the bodies, leave the Gufim, and just connect to Hashem and live in eternity with Hashem in a spiritual plane, in a spiritual level, similar to Gan Eden, right? Right now, before Tchiyas HaMesim, a person passes away and a person ultimately gets to Gan Eden, and they live a spiritual life connected with Hashem. So, Rambam's opinion is, and to some this comes as a surprise, some know this, Rambam has a unique opinion. His opinion is the following, that the way the world is, is that now we're alive the way we are. A person passes on in the right time after 120 years, and ultimately gets to Gan Eden. Then there will come a time when Mashiach will come. Mashiach will come and it will be the world. We talked about Olam Kimin According to the Rambam, the world can be a natural world, more or less, when Mashiach will come. Then there will be a time called Chiyas HaMesim. And that's when all the Neshamas will come back into the bodies and everyone will be alive in this world as a physical human being in Yemais HaMashiach. Mashiach came already and now there's Chiyas HaMesim. Then, says the Rambam, there will come a time he doesn't give an amount of years or days. There will come a time after Tchiyas HaMesim when all the Neshamis will once again leave their bodies 
and then live on forever with Hashem, connected to Hashem, basking in the glory of Hashem and connected to Hashem in the greatest way. And that is what the Rambam calls Olam Haba. And in the Rambam's way of understanding, that's the ultimate goal. So the ultimate goal is not Chiyas HaMesim. Chiyas HaMesim is a necessary, fundamental step. But ultimately, after Chiyas HaMesim, the Nishamas will once again leave the bodies, leave the bodies forever, and live on forever with Hashem. Now, why does the Rambam hold that? Why does the Rambam hold in, in that ultimately the end game is Nishamas souls without bodies? So the Rambam explains. He says, because a body ultimately is limited. A body is physical, and a body is limited. And therefore, as wonderful as a body can live in a wonderful time, its relationship to Hashem is going to be limited. Because a body is physical, a body is finite, a body is earthly. So the ultimate tainuk, the ultimate pleasure, the ultimate um, union that one can have with Hashem, says Rambam, is going to be spiritual. And that's the Olam Haba that follows Tchiyas Hames. Okay? Now, so then, why is there Tchiyas Hames altogether then? Right? One might ask, if in Rambam's view, the ultimate goal is to have Olam Haba. Our neshamas leave our bodies and connect to Hashem in this beautiful, everlasting union. Why is Tchiyas HaMesim a necessary step? So the Rambam explains. Because Hashem repays everyone and everything for everything good that, they done, that they've done. And therefore, we, when we served Hashem, when we did Torah Mitzvahs throughout our lifetime, we did it with our body and soul together, right? Any mitzvah that we perform nowadays is really formed, is really performed in in conjunction of body and soul. What's going on here? One second. Is everyone able to see me? Is anything blocking? Okay, because something came up on my computer, so, Okay. I'm sorry. You you froze, and now we can't see you. But you were frozen. Can you hear us? I hear you. I hear you. Um, See you. You don't. You don't see me. No. No. Uh, There you are. You're in the yeah, but it's fine. Your face is there. You go. See you now. Okay. (laughs) Sorry about that. We're even after all this time. I'm still learning how to use these things. We all are. (laughs) Okay, so where were we holding? Oh, so according to the Rambam, why is Tchiyas HaMesim so important? And the answer is because Hashem doesn't withhold the schar, the reward, from anyone or anything. And therefore, being that when we serve Hashem nowadays, our guf and our nefesh, our body and our soul are working together, Right? Our soul can't do mitzvahs on its own. Our soul needs our body. Our body can't do mitzvahs on its own. It needs our soul. So being that we served Hashem with guf and nefesh, with body and soul together, therefore Hashem brings the soul back down from Gan Eden, puts it into the body, so that as an entire human being, body and soul, guf and nefesh, we're able to receive the schar 
for the Torah and mitzvahs that we perform throughout our lifetimes. So that's what the Rambam says. And again, this is the Rambam's opinion. We're going to see soon the other opinion. But Rambam's opinion of the bigger picture, the bigger order, the bigger seder of things is, we serve Hashem body and soul. Then a person passes on at the end of their lifetime. And then they go to Ganeidan or whatever. And then Mashiach comes, and then the the soul comes back down into this world, comes into the body. We live a human, physical life in the beautiful Mashiach world. And that's where the body is able to benefit and receive its full schar for all of its avodah of Torah and mitzvahs. And then comes the time when the, when the soul, so to speak, graduates from the body and eternally connects to Hashem in the way that only a soul can. That is the Rambam's shita. That's the Rambam's opinion. So therefore Rambam said, and so therefore that's the reason why the Rambam didn't spend so much time on the discussion of Tchiyas HaMesim. Because in the Rambam's view, Tchiyas HaMesim is a necessary step. It's a necessary component but it's not the ultimate gain. It's not the ultimate goal. Because ultimately, after that, the body is lost, the neshama spends the rest of eternity with Hashem. So therefore, people said, oh look, the Rambam is not talking about Tchiyas HaMesim. It must be he doesn't really believe in Tchiyas HaMesim. And the Rambam responds and says, that's nonsense. Of course I believe in Tchiyas HaMesim. And Rambam says, anyone who doesn't believe in Tchiyas HaMesim because it's too miraculous, doesn't believe in the Yad HaShem. HaShem was never phased by the miraculous. Our, our entire being is based on the miraculous. And of course HaShem could be Mechai HaMesim as well. And yet, the Rambam chose to talk more about the ultimate goal, which is Olam Haba, which is Nishamos without Gufim, according to Rambam's opinion. All of that is the Rambam's opinion. Yes? Because I have a question. Um, because we always talk about how um, we have to connect the Gashmis and the Ruchmiyat and that we, we make this world a dear Betachtainen and that that we're not just people who are spiritual living in Atsilas, but we're down in this world. And I, I'm sure, of course, when Mashiach comes, it's going to be very ruchniistic, but it will still be a physical world. So it's surprising to say that eventually the Rambam says that our neshamans will just be with the Avishter. Right. So I could not have said better the introduction to the second opinion, because that's exactly where we're going now. Excellent. And here we come to opinion number two, and the one who's the official um, sage that says this opinion is Ramban Nachmanides, right? We've spoken about this in the past. There was Rambam Maimonides, Rabbi Moshe ben Maimon, and there is Ramban Nachmanides, Rabbi Moshe ben Nachman. Ramban lives a little bit of time after the Rambam, um, has the greatest respect for the Rambam, and yet... Um, disagrees with the Rambam in certain fundamental ideas, and this is one of them. This might be the biggest one, where they disagree. And Ramban takes an opposite approach. Ramban says that, of course, people pass away, and they go to Gan Eden, and then Mashiach will come, and then will be Tchiyas HaMesim, and that's the ultimate goal. The ultimate goal that's going to be forever, like the Rebbe would say so many times, Chayim Nitzchiyim, everlasting physical life, the union of the Nefesh and the Guf, that is the ultimate goal. And that's and that's what always will be. That's the Shita of the Rambam. 
And, as was just pointed out correctly, that is Hasidus and Kabbalah in this area very clearly and very um, strongly rules with Ramban. The, from the Kabbalistic perspective, from the Hasidus perspective, it has to be that the Ramban's way here is the correct way. And the, the simple reason for that, as again, as you just said correctly, is because, as the Alter Rebbe teaches us in Tanya, and we discussed this in our earlier classes, that the whole kavana, the whole purpose that Hashem created with this world, was that there be a dira bitachtoinim. Hashem wanted to dwell in this physical world. And the whole reason why our neshama comes into this world is to correct and to purify and to sanctify our guf, our body. So the body is not merely a medium with which we do Torah and mitzvahs. The Rambam's approach is more like the neshama can't do mitzvahs without the body, so the body needs schar. That's how the Rambam is looking at it. The, the neshama is sort of paralyzed without the body, so the body helps the neshama do the mitzvah, so the body also gets the schar of Tchiyas HaMesim. Hasidus says, the body is not the medium with which the neshama does mitzvahs, the body is the purpose. The neshama came to this world to make the body holy, to make the physical world holy, and that is the ultimate goal, that this physical world becomes a keli, becomes a vessel for Hashem to rest within this world. And therefore, as Ramban rules, that after your know, neshama could be in Gan Eden for thousands of years, think about Moshe Rabbeinu's neshama and Avram Avinu's neshama and Yitzchak and Yaakov. They've been thousands of years in Gan Eden, always ascending to higher spiritual levels. And yet, there will come a day when all those holy neshamas are going to come down to be enclosed in a physical body. Because, as Hasidus explained to us, that's the ultimate goal that Hashem be fully unified and fully present in a physical world, in a physical body, by a person down here. And that's, this is the, the big machlekes, right? The, the biggest machlokas that we have about the coming of Mashiach is this machlekes. What's the end game? And again, I don't want to be repetitious, Rambam says it's all nice, it will all be down here, but ultimately we'll fly away and live with Hashem forever. And Ramban and Hasidus says no. Ultimately, Hashem will live down here forever, us in our physical bodies. Now, the truth is, Rambam did have a good question. He did have a good argument. The argument of Rambam was that a human being, a physical being, is limited. How can a physical being really appreciate Hashem? Really appreciate Hashem if at the end of the day we're physical? That was Rambam's um, argument. And Rambam even brings an interesting mushal. Rambam brings a very beautiful mushal. He says, take a person who's chas v'shalom blind from birth and try to explain a person who's blind from birth the difference between blue and red and green. There's nothing to explain. The concept of color to someone who is always blind cannot be explained. Why can it not be explained? Because this person, that whole concept is totally removed from them. How, how can you explain to someone what's the difference in red and green if they never saw a color in their life? Says the Rambam, just like you can't explain to a blind person colors, the physical body can never fully comprehend elikus, godliness. Now that's a pretty, it's pretty strong logic. 
And Rambam says that therefore, ultimately, in order for us to appreciate the greatest level of divinity, the greatest gilui, our neshama has to leave our guf, and after the whole story of Tchiyas Amesim, the neshama can, can soar away and appreciate Hashem to its fullest. A body can never do that, says the Rambam. And the question is, what's the answer? Because, after all, we do follow Hasidus, and we follow the, which follows the Ramban, who disagrees with the Rambam. And says that the that the body will be the ultimate goal. The ultimate goal is down here. But what's with the Rambam's argument that a body can never fully appreciate godliness? And this goes off into a very deep concept in Hasidus. I just want to give the, the point, the point of the answer. The point of the answer is the following. And this is explained in many Mamorim, Samach Tzedek, and the, the Rabbeim, the Rebbe explains it. The point of the answer is the following. When we talk about there's the level that my body can understand, the level that my neshama can understand, higher levels, that's all levels of Hashem, the way Hashem has already made himself limited, finite. So there's a higher level and a secondary and a third and a fourth and a fifth, the level that my body can understand and my soul can understand and a higher soul can understand. Hashem himself is equally above my body and soul. The essence of Hashem is not spiritual or physical. The essence of Hashem is not easier grasped through a soul than through a body, says Chassidus. Hashem created Ruchnius and Gashmius. Hashem himself is above both spiritual and physical. And when Mashiach will finally come, and will finally have Tchiyas HaMesim, Hashem Himself will be in this world. And Hashem Himself is as accessible to the body as to the soul. That's how Hasidus responds to the Rambam's argument. I hope, I hope I'm being clear. Because the Rambam says, well, the body can't get so high. The soul can experience higher levels. Hasidus says, Hashem himself is beyond body and soul equally. There's no difference. To Hashem himself, he's as equally connected to a body as to a soul. He's as equally attainable and accessible to a body as to a soul. And when Mashiach will come, and then we'll come to that high point of Chiyas HaMesim, is when we'll have what's called the Gilui of Asmusoy, the essence of Hashem, where body and soul are both perfectly united with Hashem Himself. One is not more and one is not less able to grasp and connect to Hashem Himself. And therefore, Hasidus definitely rules with the Ramban that, that's, that ultimately that's Tchiyas HaMesim. And when you come from this approach, it becomes so much clearer why Tchiyas HaMesim is so foundational in our Ramuna. When we come from the approach of Hasidus and Kabbalah, which is again the approach of Ramban, who's telling us, you know why Tchiyas HaMesim is so important? Because Tchiyas HaMesim is really the ultimate fruition of all of our Avoida. Our Avoida was to bring Hashem into every aspect of ourselves. Tchiyas HaMesim says, you know what? It's actually, we're actually going to see it. We're actually going to feel it. In other words, when we're doing mitzvahs today, we are sanctifying our hands. We're bringing Kedusha into our feet into our ears, into our eyes, into every part of ourselves. What happens then? A person dies, and what happened with all that Kedusha? 
So I did so many mitzvahs with my hand. I gave so much tzedakah with my hand. I read so much tefillah, tehillim with my lips. I heard so many divrei with my ears. So my ears became holy. And then what happened? The person dies and it's all gone? Comes Tchiyas Amesim and says, no. Your body has been sanctified. And it's going to come back and appreciate the revelation of Mashiach and connect to Hashem in the ultimate union. Now, even though there might be a lapse of time, a person may have died a hundred years ago, a thousand years ago. But ultimately, the body was never fully lost. And whatever anyone may have done to the body, the body may have disintegrated, the Nazis Yamach Shema may have burnt it, it doesn't matter. There's something left from that body on which Hashem is going to rebuild, not make a new body, rebuild that old body that the person did Torah and Mitzvahs with, and one will then will be able to appreciate how that body became a fully holy entity, full, fully unified with, it, with, with their neshama, to the extent that they'll be able to experience the great revelation of Hashem when Mashiach will come. So really, what Chiyas HaMesim is, is the confirmation of the eternal achievement of our Avodah. Here we spend a lifetime working on ourselves. We spend a lifetime bringing Kedusha into ourselves. Tchiyas HaMesim says, that's not getting lost. What I brought into my arms, into my legs, into my head, into every part of me is not getting lost. It's going to be here and it's going to appreciate and be part of that great Gilu and that great Geula. Wow, that's a Yisoyed, that's a foundation in understanding what we're accomplishing when we're doing Torah Mitzvahs. We might think the body is gone. It's gone for right now. It's gone for today. It's gone, there's a little break. But ultimately, that body of that Yid will be back here. And that body will be able to handle that tremendous deal that will be when Mashiach will come. One more point. We know that nowadays, Hashem is very concealed in the world. So much so, that the, very, the, the Hebrew name for world is Olam. Olam means Helam, which means concealment. On a simple level, why did Hashem have to? Why does Hashem conceal Himself from creation? The answer is simple: because Hashem is so great and so awesome and so powerful that were He to be fully revealed, we would just burn up, lose our existence, become nullified in His great revelation, and therefore Hashem conceals Himself. That's a general concept. Hashem is concealed in order to allow for us to exist. So then there's a simple question. So what will happen when Hashem will finally reveal Himself when Mashiach will come? Why won't we all just disintegrate? Why won't we all just lose our being because the Gilui Kavayit Hashem, the, the revelation of the glory of Hashem, why won't we disappear, just become nullified in the greatness of Hashem? And the answer to that lies in Shavuos that we just celebrated Two days ago. Because then too, when Hashem revealed Himself, they died. They couldn't handle it. They couldn't handle the divine revelation. They all died. So what did Hashem do? And I mentioned this earlier. It says, Hashem took the tal, that divine dew, that He will ultimately um, resurrect the dead, and He 
resurrected the Jewish people with that tal. In other words, what's the power of that tal? That divine do of Tchiyas HaMesim, what does it do? Play on words. What does that do do? I'm talking about two different do's. What that do does is that it gives the goof, the physical goof of a yid, the ability, the strength to handle the tremendous revelation of Hashem. That do is from Torah. It's called Tal Torah. Torah itself is part of Hashem. When Hashem then, by Matan Torah, revived the Jewish people, and when Hashem, when Mashiach will come, will again revive the Jewish people, that revival will happen through this holy, magical do that it's like an armor. It's like a spiritual armor that will give us the ability to handle the type of revelation that the world has never seen before. And therefore, then we'll be armored with that, if you will. Then we'll be empowered with that tal. That tal And that tal will give us the ability to really connect to Hashem, that great, awesome level of revelation that will be when Mashiach will come. It's interesting. There's an interesting halachic question, which I'm not going to get into the halachic ramification, the back and forth, but a very interesting question. Um, when Mashiach will come, you have this great resurrection of the dead. Okay. They'll want to come to the base of Mikdash and bring Karbanes. We'll want to come to the base of Mikdash and bring Karbanes. We know anyone who is impure in order to come to the base Mikdash to bring a carbon, anyone who came in contact with a dead person, for example. So there's a whole Seder. In order to become pure, we have the para aduma, we have the red heifer, and the ashes, and the water, and you sprinkle the person um, over throughout seven days, on the third day, and on the seventh day. So here's the question. Mashiach comes today, and we want to bring carbonus. Can we bring one tomorrow, or do we have to wait seven days? In other words, do we have to go through the regular purification process? Do we have to go through the regular purification process of the paraduma in order, in order to be able to bring the karbanas in the base of Mikdash? And it's a whole question. And it's another interesting question. The people who passed away, who are going to be resurrected, are they going to need to be purified? Someone who was dead and now becomes back alive. So we know, I mean, let's think about it. It's an interesting question because normally we think about someone who comes in contact with someone who's dead. What about the dead person themselves who now is alive? So is it considered that they came in contact with someone who was dead while they were dead? Or if you're dead and then you become alive, you're not in contact anymore. It's a funny question, but it's a, it's a real question in Mashiach's times. Will that person need the para aduma in order to be purified, in order to come to Beisam Mikdash? And there's, it's meant, this, this, this story is discussed in Sfarim, and there's back and forth to the question. Some say, some Sfarim say, well, it depends. Do we look at it as a new body, totally disconnected of what it was earlier? So then it was never in contact with the earlier, it's a new entity, so perhaps it doesn't need the para aduma? Versus do we say there's perhaps a tiny drop left 
from the old body that the new one is being built around. If so, it was it's in contact with that part of the body that was dead before and therefore needs to be um, purified to the paraduma and it's back and forth. So the Rebbe once said enough, I bring him. The Rebbe said that perhaps those who are resurrected won't need the paraduma. Why not? Said the Rebbe, because remember, how is Hashem reviving them? With that dew, with that towel, that towel, says the Rebbe, has the same purifying powers like the paraduma. Just like the paraduma, which is this holy water that has the ability to purify the dead, the same is purify someone who is impure, the same is with that towel, that divine dew, that will that Hashem will bring, will uh, revive the dead, that do will have those purifying powers, because it's such a powerful Kedusha, that will bring purity to those people, so that perhaps, says the Rebbe, they won't need the Paraduma. I don't know if the Rebbe meant that as a halachic ruling, um, you know, Mashiach will come and we'll see exactly how things will happen, but the Rebbe definitely mentioned that as a possibility. That that holy tal, that holy dusha, that will have the power also to purify any remnants of impurity. So that's um, so that's another side of the story of the coming of Mashiach. Right. So someone just asked, I don't know from who, that won't the body be resurrected from the luz bone? And therefore that follows the opinion that there's still something left that the body is built around, which would seem to, yes, necessitate the paraduma. But if you go with this idea from the Rebbe, even if it's coming from the loose bone, still you have the, the tal tchia, the tal with which Hashem is reviving, which has that kedusha power that could bring tara, that can bring purity to the body as it um, as it becomes back alive. Either way, though, that tal, that um, divine uh, dew, definitely will empower the body to come to a new place of total, from um, will empower the body to come to a place where it's able to handle this complete um, revelation of Hashem and not in any way be um, nullified by that revelation because the body then will be on this entirely new level of Kedusha. I'll conclude with two more, two last points. This concept of eternal life there will be when Mashiach will come, which I think I mentioned earlier, the Rebbe would call Chayim Nitzchiyim, everlasting life. Really, that can be very understood on a simple level, because at the beginning of creation, if you just go back to the Chumash, really man was supposed to live forever. When Adam and Chava were created, they weren't created with an expiration date. right? What happens? They sinned. They sinned with the eights, by eating from the Eitz Hadas. And at that time, Hashem says, now they became Chayev Misa. At that point is when Misa, when death, came into the world. In other words, death, the concept of human and physical death, is a result of sin. Because sinfulness was brought into their body, sinfulness is a disconnect from Hashem, and therefore they became people that had to die. Of course, that was part of Hashem's plan. But nevertheless, the way the plan was, was that you're, you'll, you'll live forever unless you sin. And if you sin, then you'll have to die. Which means that death is really a direct extension of sin. And therefore, once Mashiach will come, 
which Mashiach's coming is the ultimate tikkun, the ultimate correction, the fullness of the correction of any type of chet, of any type of sinfulness, because then the world will come to this to this um, entire sense of tshuva shlema, the complete repentance, the complete correction and perfection of the world. So then all sinfulness, and therefore the results of sinfulness, aren't there anymore. If the result of sinfulness is not there anymore, then there could be chayim nitzchiyim. Then there's nothing holding the person back from from living forever. The Pasik says, the atem hadvekim bahashem eloikechem chayim kulchem hayoyim. When we're davuk, when we cleave, when we're connected to Hashem, then we're alive. Because Hashem is the source of life. As long as our connection is perfect, then there's no reason to die. The Gemara says that there were four people in this world who never sinned. Four human beings, at least until the time of the Gemara, that never sinned. Talks about Amram, the father of Moshe Rabbeinu. Talks about Binyamin the twelfth of the Shvatim, Yishai, the father of David, and Kilov, one of the sons of David. And the question is, if they never sinned, why did they die? Says the Gemara. Because of the sin of the snake. With Adam and Chava. In other words, somehow sinfulness was brought into the world. Even if they didn't directly sin, they were affected by the sinfulness that there was in the world. But once that sinfulness is totally removed, then there's no place and no need for death. And that's what the Navi Yishayo means when he says that at that time when Mashiach will come, Ubila Hamaves Lanetzach. Hashem will swallow up. The concept of death will be swallowed up. And there won't be death. And there won't be crying, Macha Hashem Dima. Because again, there won't be any lack of Kedusha. The connection to Kedusha will be so perfect that there won't be need, there won't be place for death. And I'll finish with one last interesting idea. The Zayhar says, the Zayhar says that our bodies today are, you know, they're not 100% holy because we're still part of the Golis phenomenon. Only after a body dies and loses whatever phys- physicality it had, then it can be a vessel for the perfect holiness of Mashiach's time and live forever. And therefore the Zahar says something that some people find a little bit scary. That when Mashiach will come and it will be time for Tchiyas HaMesim, everyone who's alive now will die for a moment. Just to lose their body's existence the way it is today, to make it into a vessel for the full Kedusha of then. So the desire says really all of us will have Tchiyas HaMesim. Those that passed away and are waiting a year or two or ten or a hundred or a thousand. And those who are there but will die for a moment. I don't know if it means a moment or a second, but they'll have to go through that just momentary switching of gears from the physical being of now to the fully holy physical being that will be then. Comes and the Rebbe with his ever always just unlimited Avas Yisrael says that perhaps we won't have to die even for that minute. But we can accomplish that with total bittle, total nullification to Hashem. Even without a momentary lapse of life, the Rebbe would always wish that we should go directly into Mashiach with Chaim, with life that has no hefsik, no break whatsoever, directly. Said the Rebbe, even though the Zayar says there has to be some moment of death, 
We can take care of that moment of death by a moment of total bittel to Hashem, total nullification to Hashem, and that alone should be enough to bring us to that sanctity of the Yimais HaMashiach. So be, be it as it may, whichever way it will actually be, Hashem should help that very quickly we should all be zoicha to that Yimais HaMashiach and Tchiyas HaMesim and Chaim Nitzchim and be reunited with all those who left us and it should be Bikar of Mamash, Emir Tzah Hashem. And as I said, next week, we're going to have one more class on Tchiyas HaMesim and go to more into the details and the questions of the who's and the how's and so on of Tchiyas HaMesim next Monday night, Emir Tzah Hashem.